From WXXI and the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host, Scott Pukas, and today we're talking about Quentin Tarantino. We'll take a look at our November Mondo series, including Death Proof, Friday, November 20th, and Inglorious Bastards on November 27th. Both are at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. that is, and admission is only $5. Also this episode, we'll be taking a look at something I'm personally very excited for. That's the short film, Adam Imitating Art. It was made right here in Rochester by some very talented local people, including a few of my coworkers. Uh, This is playing November 21st at 6 o'clock. You can go to thelittle.org or adamimitatingart.com if you want to read more about it. Uh, today, my guests are, I'm joined by Liza Taney, a student at SUNY Geneseo, and someone relatively new to the world of Quentin Tarantino. How are you doing, Liza? I'm good. How are you, Scott? That's good to hear. <laughs> uh, on the other side, we have Eric Myra, a longtime Tarantino, I'd call him a super fan. Is that correct? Super uh, fan? Yeah, super fan sounds cool. <laughs> it's a cool title. We'll go with it. He's also a projectionist at The Little and one of the stars, the Adam of Adam Imitating Art. So you guys... We'll start off with an easy question, and I'll start with you, Eric. Uh, what was your first Tarantino experience? Uh, I think my first Tarantino experience was watching Reservoir Dogs. Actually, let me go even further back. It was watching The Simpsons, and on <laughs> The Simpsons, they did an itchy and scratchy where they showed Tarantino, and his head gets cut off or something like that, something very strange, but that was the first time I saw him, and they referred to him you know, by name, or at least his imagery was in there, so... I remember that episode. It's a great episode. All right, Liza, what was your first Tarantino experience? Um, Mine was actually about two weeks ago with Inglorious Bastards. Um, Great movie. Definitely a lot of uh, aesthetic effect, I would say, but um, kept my attention the entire time and I loved it. So. Okay. See, I'm kind of boring. My my first one was Pulp Fiction. (laughs) I just heard so much about it. And then my first one in the theater, I think, was Kill Bill, the the first one, Uh, which again, you know, Two totally different movies, but they both have that certain Tarantino feel to them. Uh, so, what do you do? You guys have a fa- favorite Tarantino film, and I don't know if either of you have seen all of them. So maybe you're picking from a select select options there. But do you have a favorite? We'll start with you this time, Liza. Um, well, I've only seen two: Inglorious Bastards and now Django Unchained, and I'd have to go with Inglorious Bastards. That definitely took the cake for me. Um, the Holocaust period, I think, is so interesting, and his take on it is definitely a lot more interesting. Um, just the camera angles and the the music he used, I thought was really interesting. Like Johnny Cash in a movie about the Holocaust was really cool the way he used that. So, yeah, definitely that. Do you have a favorite, Eric? Yeah, I think my favorite has always been since I've seen it, uh, Jackie Brown. I really, really enjoy that film. Um, I think. Just by default, because it's the less talked about, not saying it's the less admired. I think there's a lot of people who enjoy that film, but it's not so prevalent in pop culture. Pulp Fiction, there's a lot of references and commercials, and even the movie Space Jam has like a Pulp Fiction weird segue. So (laughs) it's just very a part of our culture, where Jackie Brown maybe doesn't have that iconic status where you see it referenced a lot. So just by default it's more personal when watching it you feel like you're coming to conclusions when watching it rather than someone on a film website telling you what to think about it now have you gotten a chance to see jackie brown on the big screen perhaps at the little theater yes i was Uh actually there to project it when we showed it uh last friday so that was a nice way to see it again and to realize how cool it is it also has an awesome love story i 
I feel that's one of his most it. underrated ones because yeah. it's it's sandwiched between Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill too, yeah, yeah. which are two of the more iconic ones, and it just is one that doesn't get talked about. And I, I've actually only seen it once, and I I just remember loving it. I'm like, wow, this is such a good story, like completely, you know, captured by it. Actually, I think I like I preferred it to the the Kill Bill, at least the first one, yeah, um, of his films. Uh, Liza, is this on your list of movies to oh, see now? Oh, definitely. You're going to yeah. get a ton of movie recommendations, so <laughs> this will be good. Um, you know, any any other reasons you like it? Like, is there is it the dialogue? Is it the story? Is there something in particular? I, I think it's going back to the, the performances and this very subtle love story that's being conveyed between the Pam Greer character, who's Jackie Brown, and then Robert Forster, who plays Max Cherry, the Bales Bondsman. Robert uh, Forrester of Rochester. Of Rochester, yeah. Signed picture at the Little Theater, which is a very cool thing. Yeah, <laughs> so their performances completely convey these two people who are getting up there in age, and they're mixed up in classic crime and all this other stuff, but at the center of it, I don't know, there's this very sweet uh, nature to the film, and you kind of want to see them get together, which is very rewarding when you're watching a movie to get sucked into it and be like, oh, I want them to get together at the end. And I believe it's based on a book, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Elmore Leonard, is that my saying his name correctly? Yeah. I'll dub over if it is incorrect. And <laughs> no, I'll no. Just, I'll fix it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so is there an aspect of Tarantino's films that you guys prefer, that you really like, maybe the visual style? I mean, for me, it's the dialogue. Because I'm a writer. I love the written word. His scripts, I just think, are just a cut above everything else. You know, is there a certain aspect that you guys, that really makes it stand out? Like, this is a Tarantino film. This is why I love it. Um, I think mine was the incorporation of silence and how powerful that was. Just um, certain scenes like you were definitely on the edge of your seat and then the camera angles really added to that. Um, you couldn't look away. And also, um, since the nature of a lot of the, well, the two movies that I've seen, um, kind of gory and violent, um, they end with a very idealistic ending, I'd say, and which was surprising to me. So I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Way to say that without avoiding with avoiding spoilers. So it's yeah. hard to talk about the ending of movies when you're you can't specifically talk <laughs> exactly. about it. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, is there a certain aspect that you you prefer, Eric, or maybe a combination of things? Yeah, it probably is a combination of things. I think what he's really good at is not wasting a character. A lot of movies you can be like, well, the lead was fantastic, or the co-star to the lead, or your protagonist has more of a flesh out character. But it feels like everyone you meet in his films has a backstory. No characters just put in there for no reason. Even if they're on the screen for a minute, you immediately know where they came from, where it seems like they're going, just by how they look, how they talk. So, yeah, he's very resourceful when he creates his worlds in his movies. Now, have you seen all of his movies, at least of his, the ones he's directed? Yes. Okay. What do you think of his acting? <laughs> I, I, think his, <laughs> I think his acting's pretty cool. I don't know if I really bought him so much in Django Unchained. I think he has like a cameo mm-hmm. and he has like an Australian <laughs> accent. And I wasn't crazy about that. But other times when he's shown up, I thought he fits his role. And it's kind of a fun thing to look out for. All right. What did you think of his acting then? You probably have a limited sample here. Yeah. Um, I I feel bad forming my opinion on that because I wasn't sure about the accent either. It was just it was a little forced, but he he played the role well, I guess. He worked I with the dynamic. He has a scene in Pulp Fiction, too, which I, 
I thought it worked. Yeah. It was pretty good. It wasn't horrible. <laughs> like, I've heard bad things about it where people are like, oh, man, he, he shouldn't be doing that. But I got to think, if I was a writer-director, if I was in a film, I would be like, I would definitely have a cameo for myself. I'm, like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be in there, and I'm going to have a cool role, which is what he does, and I respect that. Um, so do you guys have any other favorites of his? Like you said, you've only seen the two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Are there any ones you're looking forward to? Um, Pulp Fiction, probably. I've heard so much about it. It's a classic. Um, I just I feel like I'll understand a lot of references and other <laughs> features, so I think that'll be cool to see. You'll probably go back, because I remember... Like, I unknowingly saw a bunch of references to The Unusual Suspects, mm. uh, or The Usual Suspects, excuse me. Um, and then after I saw it, I'm like, oh, and then it clicked. Like, when you <laughs> go back and, and watch some of, like, I think The Simpsons has, has a bunch of references <laughs> to that. So, um, have you seen, so Eric, have you seen some of his other films, like, maybe that he's written the script for, like True Romance or anything like that? Yeah, I've seen um, True Romance. What else did he write that he didn't direct? I'm trying to think. Maybe True Romance is the... True Romance is the one that sticks out at me. It comes um, to mind. I was studying his IMD before this, and now I'm blanking. You know what? <laughs> was it Natural Born Killers that he wrote for Oliver Stone? He might have wrote that script. It seems like a Tarantino one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it seems Tarantino-esque. Now, Quentin Tarantino will actually be listening to this. He's one of the millions of people listening. So <laughs> oh, awesome. if we get this wrong, I'm sure he'll call in. and Of yeah. course. He'll be very, very furious. We won't make it in the next movie. <laughs> now, as I mentioned, you know, we, we've been playing his his movies all month of the little uh some classics not pulp fiction but some of the more underrated ones like jackie brown uh death proof which was obviously part of grindhouse and a very interesting one as well uh inglorious bastards which you should probably see again uh, but we're also and again nothing is set in stone but it's very likely that we'll be getting his new film the hateful eight or hateful eight i don't know if the the is in there i think there's no the uh, which is one we're very excited for coming out around Christmas time. Um, now, what I was wondering is, a lot of his movies they haven't gotten a lot of like Oscar buzz. Like he's won a couple for screenplays. I think Pulp Fiction and Django Unchained. Um, and obviously, we're just speculating because we haven't seen this film. But you, any chance you think this could get an Oscar buzz, like Best Director, Best Picture? I think he deserves it, given <laughs> what I've seen. I mean, it's a very limited sample, but he's definitely talented. So. Yeah, um, it's strange. I mean, I think he deserves it. Um, as you said, he's very talented, and anytime he puts out a movie, it definitely is something that tends to stand above others. So I feel like in some department, it'll probably get some kind of recognition. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder, too, if it could be like a thing like Martin Scorsese made a ton of great films that didn't win, and then finally The Departed came around, and it kind of seemed like a career achievement thing. You know, I love The Departed, but you could argue that a lot of his other films are a little better. Um, you know, same with, like, Lord of the Rings. This is a different example, but that the last film, Return of the King, it's like that one, and it was kind of like a, a career achievement. So you got to wonder at some point, it's like maybe he'll get a Best Director nod for... You know, I mean, something more than just the screenplay. And the screenplays are amazing, but I mean, the direction is. And I, I you know, I thought *Inglorious Bastards* was the best movie that came out in two thousand nine. I don't remember which movie won that year, but I didn't like it as much as *Inglorious <laughs> Bastards*. So, um, you got to think at some point. And I don't know if *Hateful Eight will be it, but you got to think at some point maybe look at that recognition. Uh, is there anything that you guys are looking forward to seeing in *Hateful Eight? You know, there's a great cast there, kind of like the western feel. You know, anything that you're looking forward to? You know, in this movie. Um, probably just the ability to kind of compare it to what I've seen so far, especially, um, with the aesthetics of it. I just, um, I really 
like to see the parallels between um, Django Unchained and Inglorious Bastards and like his different camera angles and um, kind of incorporation of music. So I'd love to see if that's similar in this. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you put Kurt Russell in a movie. That's always a positive. So <laughs> that's what I guess what I'm looking forward to most. You're, you're going to see some great actors um, and he knows how to use them, which is always cool. Where maybe in other films they come off um, with a lesser performance. I feel like he knows how to bring out the best in people. So Kurt Russell, man, you gotta love him. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I'm putting that like on the on the front of this podcast. The quote: Kurt Russell, gotta love him, man. <laughs> it seemed like he's trying to revive some careers too. Um, I know there's obviously the the rumors or speculation that Will Smith was. Uh, first considered for the role in Chango Unchained and went to Jamie Foxx instead. You know, is there anyone that you would like to see uh, Tarantino work with? This is a tough one to put you on the spot, I realize. <laughs> Christoph Waltz again. He, I just think he's amazing, but um, I guess it's already been done. Um, huh. Hey, but it's a winning combination. It is, And he is, in, he is in, this, in Hateful Eight, so oh, there you people go. get to do that. <laughs> I know after uh, Jackie Brown, not to keep talking about that, but he was so en- uh, enamored, if that's the right word, with Chris Tucker's performance. Like, he was obsessed with it and thought he did such a good job. And Chris Tucker has, like, a small cameo in Jackie Brown. He wanted to do a feature length with him. And I think they were even working at so- on something at some point. This could all be lies. So, fact check it, Scott. <laughs> but <laughs> like I guess thought- <laughs> Quentin will call in and he'll, yeah, he'll be furious. <laughs> um, I thought he had said something about wanting to work with him and i think that would be insane it's like chris tucker who's done rush hour and maybe more commercial affair to do <laughs> and friday oh, and friday well friday yeah. he's brilliant in friday exactly. one could argue yeah <laughs> to utilize him or even to pull like someone like dave Chappelle out of retirement and give him like a meaty role in something See, I, lo- I love that idea of just someone who you wouldn't expect like an adam sandler that's why i would like to see will smith work with him who has turned out movies I haven't been a big fan of recently. Like, I like the, ni- the early 90s, mid-90s, like, action blockbusters, like, Independence Day, Men in Black. Like, I, a lot of people didn't like them. I'm kind of a sucker for that type of movie. But just to see someone work with, like, Tarantino, and like I said, I love his dialogue, to work with that, it's like, it would just be great. Like, I, mean, I was trying to think who else. I, Keanu Reeves popped in my mind, too. I don't know, it's because I was thinking, like, 90s movies. But I just think that'd be cool. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, you know, another thing, I, so he's been on a little bit of a Western kick. Um, and what I was thinking is, what other genre would you like to see him tackle? Mm. I'm really putting you guys on the spot, too. I realized that <laughs> we, didn't, we did not prep ahead for these questions. Now, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. You're fine. Oh, no, I was just going to say that it's hard because I think your mind just kind of scrambles where he's not known for any certain genre. So it's like, oh, my gosh, I guess he could do anything. Yeah, in really. many different ways. Um, he has talked about doing potentially a sci-fi movie, which sounds say that. insane. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, cool, I'm on board. Um, I know he's talked about doing, he always wanted to do a James Bond movie for a long time, so maybe something like the spy genre would be strange and interesting. I would love to see him tackle a Bond movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think then we'd finally get a Bond, like we'd get maybe a, a female Bond or something that's kind of unique. Different and, breed, for sure. Um, I feel it couldn't be branded 007 because I don't think they'd ever let it be R-rated and like three hours and extremely violent. But yeah, <laughs> but I would like to watch that. And I didn't know about the sci-fi. It was actually, I wrote down uh, my reason, the genres I would like to see. And sci-fi was one. Like you could just make an epic space movie, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Something like Interstellar just with like, 
more weirdness and swearing and then he could win the best picture for that and give a great acceptance speech. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know, sci-fi, you know, another thing I would like to see is probably like a Victorian air uh, slasher, like a Jack the Ripper type thing. Um, kind of like a, with a mystery element, but also like his trademark humor or comedy. I think he could really do something awesome in, in that time frame too. I love that. That sounds um, cool. So Quentin, I know you're listening. Some suggestions. <laughs> you can give us partial writing credit for this or <laughs> pass along the ideas. Um, anything else you guys want to add about Tarantino before we start talking about Eric's film here? You know, is there any, like I said, it, what, what's the next film? You said Pulp Fiction maybe is the next one you're going to see? Pulp Fiction, yep. Um, oh, there was another one. I'm blanking on it. Uh, war movie. Help me out. Maybe. Uh, oh, man. What is it? <laughs> I could go through all those movies. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Thank okay. you. Yep. Is it, That is a war movie? Am I totally... It is not a war movie. It's yeah. not a war movie. It should be. <laughs> Even more reason to watch it. You I know what it's about. A movie. <laughs> um, it is really good. Um, and we did have that play at the Little... Um, so if you get a time machine, <laughs> you can go back and see it. Uh, I'm trying to think what other one the kill the Kill Bill ones are very good too. I prefer mm-hmm. the second one okay. um, to the first one. They're they're actually totally different in style, which is amazing that they're <laughs> kind of the same film. Uh, I've never watched them back to back. I think that would be. An, have you done that? No, I haven't done that. <laughs> Not yet. Anyway. Not right? yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything else to add on Tarantino before we move on? Um, I think that about covers my knowledge base. (laughs) (laughs) We'll think of stuff later. That's usually how it works. Uh, So once again, 10 o'clock, November 20th, we're showing Death Proof, which was, of course, half a grindhouse, that feature. Um, And also at 10 o'clock on November 27th, which is, these are both Fridays, uh, we're showing the epic and thrilling and glorious bastards. And you can get more on the little.org. I really love how we could say bastards a lot in this podcast. (laughs) I'm a big fan of that. All right. So now we're going to talk about Adam imitating art. And Liza, you can jump in uh, with questions or whatever you want on this. Uh, but mostly I'll be directing it towards Eric since obviously you're the star of it. So can you tell us a little bit you know, about this film? Uh, if, if someone's like, oh, that sounds interesting. What's it about? You know, Give us a little plot synopsis. The movie is about film festivals. And that's really where the entire film takes place. You kind of get a front row to see to see how a film festival works um, through this person uh, who's not in that world. So my character is someone who works at a sub shop, kind of doesn't like their job, wants to, you know, explore other options in his young age. And uh, he has to deliver a sub to a film festival. And when he gets there, there's a classic case of mistaken identity where they think he's a director of a film. So they're pulling him along to the, you know, the green room you know, come over here, you have to do a Q&A for your film. And as he's bumbling through it all, you get to see those aspects of a film festival kind of in this comedy setting, I should mm-hmm. say. Does well, that make sense? <laughs> does any of this make sense? <laughs> it does. And, um, you know, I was, I was saying this the other day, uh, I really love movies that take kind of a simple premise, like, oh, you're delivering a sub, and kind of it delves into adventure from there and into something completely different. You just don't know what to expect. And it's something, it feels more realistic, too. Is that That's happened to all of us, I think, where we just go to do something simple, and then, you know, all this stuff keeps happening. Um, and what kind of sub is it, may I ask? Uh, you know what? It was disgusting. I forget what, exactly what it was, but I was literally carrying <laughs> Was it eggplant? Eggplant parm? No, it was like, it was a classic sub. So it was like ham, cheese, lettuce, and tomato. But I was carrying it a- around for a very long time. And it just got worse and worse. 
the more we shot. So it's a, it became disgusting. <laughs> so I probably it was the same sub you didn't have, like... I mean, subs are expensive. Subs are expensive, man. So. You can't spend all the budget. Yeah, it was forever so. tainted, I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, I should mention, too, that... Uh, so th- we had other little staff that were working on this film. Uh, the Little's chief projectionist. That's his title, right? Yes. Okay. Chris Hogan-Roy, he directed it. He co-wrote the film with our special events coordinator, Brie Merkel. Um, it also stars uh, Veronica McClive, who is one of the co-owners of La Poutine Poutine. Um, and if Ronnie is listening, I have a request that the poutine truck follow me around at all times because it's my favorite. <laughs> um, I should probably do a separate podcast on that because it's amazing. Yeah. Um, any, any other people I'm leaving out here? That's just all I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, we had a gentleman known as J.R. Krause who shot the film for us, and he put together a team, which was really cool. We had, like, full cast and crew. He kind of showed up, and there was a whole ensemble of people helping out and working which was it was really neat yeah now this is i i just love the idea of people from here like making films like i'm just so interested in the process as i've always loved movies um and this like i said this was filmed in rochester um now we don't want to give any spoilers away so you can avoid that but can you tell us any spots uh specifically where the movie was shot you know, and I'm so bad with this kind of stuff. I wish someone else was here to be able to point out. But the little, obviously, you get to see that. Uh, we shot at this bar called Abilene's. That's how you say it, right? Abilene's. Yeah, Abilene's, yeah. That's the one. Can um, I do the Liberty Pole, that one? Yeah, yeah we okay. shot over in that area. So there's some cool landmarks over there. Um, and we just kind of drove around town. There's this great opening sequence where you see the main character skateboarding to work. And we just found all the cool spots in Rochester and kind of set up camera and had me fall i actually fell a couple times <laughs> that, that was the thing i was gonna ask you about that as i saw it in the trailer and again the trailer is at the little.org um and i saw you skateboarding around and i was thinking i, I couldn't do that i can't I, I can't skateboard around i would fall all the time like were you already pretty good at skateboarding or? well i thought i could do it but then i fell and i'm like oh no and it was bad because like we already started filming and i fell on my shoulder and got like a scrape and i'm like hmm no stunt Just, doubles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, the continuities can be strange, but um, yeah, it, it worked out. You just kind of had to do it. So, so you're skateboarding with the sub in hand, too? With the sub in hand, which is a first. That so. poor sub. Where did the sub get, get come from? The sub, you know what? I think we made it at the Little. We oh. bought the loaf of bread, and then we kind of assembled it in the cafe. The See, little. I was hoping to get product placement and have yeah. people deliver me subs for this. But. <laughs> no product. I mean, Liza, what's your skateboarding skill here? Can we have a skateboard oh, off? Would that be possible? No, I tried once when I was seven, and that was the last time I tried. So <laughs> you let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing probably it. Probably equal skill level. Cool. We'll It'll do it be right the now. sequel. People <laughs> falling down on skateboards. It'll be horrible. Um, so, how long did it take to film? Was it like five days, less than a week, more? Yeah, it was like four or five days to shoot. I think that's right. Okay. Was that what, what was expected about? I know the movie runs about 22 minutes, somewhere around that. You know, it's at a normal time frame for a movie of that length? Yeah, for short films, I think the rule of thumb they always say is 20 minutes or less because when film festivals program shorts, um, they want to put as many as possible and they don't want maybe a bunch of long ones taking up time where you could have two 10 minute ones instead of a long 20 minute one. So it is over 20 minutes. Um, but I think. It works for the length, and it needed to be that long. It was trimmed down from an even longer length. So, 
Ooh, would there yeah. be a director's cut? Maybe. It's <laughs> a lot more. I, could, I know that's and, not your call, but yeah. you have the influence. You're the star. You're the skateboarder. That's true. <laughs> I have no influence, by the way. <laughs> it's not my project. <laughs> now, another th- cool thing about this movie is uh, this is the, the U.S. debut of it. It has not debuted anywhere else, uh, but it was at a film festival in England. You actually went, went to uh, the premiere, right? Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, that was crazy. So... One of the first festivals that got back to us was a film festival in London, and it was, uh, now I'm forgetting the name, uh, it was called the Rain Dance Film Festival. <laughs> and what was really cool was that the theater where it was premiering was in Piccadilly Circus, which is like the Times Square of London, as I'm told. And so we showed up, and it was weird and surreal to be in this place in London and being like, wait, our, wait, our film's playing here? It was just, it was really surreal. It was weird to be in such like a hustling bustling place um but yeah it was cool did you get to skateboard there no no (laughs) skating we should have brought our skateboards did you try their delicious uh english subs (laughs) no no i didn't they have good pretzels (laughs) i don't know that's english cuisine but they had good pretzels (laughs) it could be i don't know now tons of english people are also listening to this this podcast reaches all areas of the globe so they're like what a liar pretzels (laughs) it's like pretzels no way it's probably crumpets and tea yeah (laughs) i should stop now um (laughs) so it was the rain dance film festival you know any other festivals we could maybe expect this at yeah the ones that we've sent it to we haven't heard back from so hopefully soon i don't know i don't have the exact list but i think like eight or nine other festivals we had sent it to um which Bree has been on top of that. She was the producer, co-writer of the film, who also works at Little. And her and the director have been just submitting it to wherever they see would be best for it, I guess. Okay. And I know Bree, uh, Chris, and you know some, some of you other guys have made a ton of movies before. You know, How did, how did you kind of get involved with them? Was it just kind of a, because we all work at the Little, obviously, or because you have, you know, you've made stuff before? Yeah, we, we all worked at the Little, and... Um, I had heard they were going to be making this film, so I kept telling them. I think I told them. I'm just like, hey, wherever you need help, if you need someone to sweep, hold a light, <laughs> be in the background, clean a toilet, I'll do it just because I want to work on the <laughs> Did film. Did you have to clean a lot of toilets for <laughs> this? Cleaned a bunch of this? toilets, man. It was crazy. No. Um, and <laughs> Tons I, of toilet scenes. Yeah, in it. About of, 18 minutes of the runtime are toilet scenes. That's so. most of the film. You'll see this Saturday if you go. It's me <laughs> oh, I'll be there. I will be there. Riveting. It, it's very experimental. <laughs> Sorry, that's not the film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were working together, and then I, you, re- I, you know what? I have no idea. They came up to me, and they're like, "You know, we think you could play this character." I'm like, "Oh, cool! Like, what's his? What's the character?" And they're like, "You know, he's kind of aloof. He's bumbling. He's weird, and pasty, and out of shape." And I'm like, "Wait, that's me? <laughs> this is the character you want me to play?" So it was kind of funny. They really didn't say all those things, but they did say he was kind of like bumbling and aloof. So. I'm like, I could do that. Bumbling and loof is better than weird pasty and out of shape. I, I feel weird slightly. Pasty. I don't know. Both well, are pretty cool. Aloof. Yeah, but aloof is kind of a, a more fancy, polite way of saying. Is it endearing? Like, just, is it yeah, charming? It's, it's endearing. Yeah. It's kind of a whimsical, charming way of saying you're stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I can play that. Yeah, sure. I'll I mean, do it's just it. acting. You're an actor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's not me. In real life, I'm real so life, cool. He's the smartest man. Exactly. He skateboarded in here and exactly. was reading a book and doing math. He has an abacus in his pocket. It's great. <laughs> Um, so, and obviously you can't see us, but Eric is, you probably have seen him if you went to The Little, he plays Charlie Chaplin on our uh, preview films, which, 
you know we've also made. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your in uh, your role as Charlie Chaplin? Yeah, uh, they wanted to make a commercial, and they thought it'd be funny to have Chaplin being you know assembling a film together. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I can uh, do a horrible impression of Chaplin <laughs> and try to do it. So those were a lot of fun. It's weird. Um, you have to really just act with your body and do a bunch of weird maneuvers and hope it works. Try to do the walk, which is like impossible, but I did a version of his, you know, infamous walk. Although I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to say it and you can decide to keep it in or not. I'm keeping everything in. <laughs> okay, I have no shame. Someone did come up to me at the little because I've been getting a lot of people just like, oh, we love the chaplain. We want to see it again. That's awesome. You should do more commercials. So it's been a very positive response. But then someone came up to me and just very blatantly says, you know what? You did, you did a really horrible chaplain. I'm just oh. like, oh, okay, wow. right on. Cool. <laughs> That's fine. And he's like, well, you know, it's hard to do chaplain. That's what I meant. And I'm like, you've already said what you said. Exactly. <laughs> That's really you can't mean. take that back. <laughs> That's incredibly but, mean. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And I, and I said something to the effect of, I'm like, oh, it's, you know. It's not really supposed to be chaplain. Like I backtracked, and I'm like, ah, I don't really care. Cool. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's I'm going to go on the record here and say I dug the chaplain. I thought it was awesome. Thanks, man. I think you should <laughs> You should try to bring back that look. Uh, maybe yeah. not the mustache, not the facial hair <laughs> right, for right. obvious reasons. But at least the style, the clothing, the hat. I mean, yeah. It's classic. I think someone has to bring it back. Liza, you go back to Geneseo. You could be the coolest person I in could Geneseo. Do it. If you... <laughs> Walking to me is get some pizza. You have your hat on. It's off hat. It will be awesome. I think I could rock it. <laughs> um, so what other film projects then have you worked on, Eric? I know you've directed and, and made some other short films or even a feature-length film. Am I correct? Yeah. So my main um, discipline is more writing and directing. And that's kind of how I've entered into the film world. Um, so, yeah, I've made a few shorts, made a feature-length called The Dead Deads, which actually premiered at The Little. Uh, back in 2014. So, yeah, the plan is just to keep directing more stuff. I really like doing that, being behind the camera. Um, acting's newer to me, but I enjoy it just as much. It's fun to be in front of the camera and be on sets and around crews and stuff. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be working on another feature length soon. That's the plan. Okay. And I should note that I am also in one of the Chaplin commercials. I play the litterer. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, that's acting. I don't actually litter at movie theaters. Um, but the littering, I, you know, I want to spoil our short little teaser ad, but the littering actually kind of works out nicely for Charlie. Yeah. Um, Dude, you killed it. You're a good man. <laughs> um, it's, on my, it's on my reel. It's hopefully bigger things. Yeah. That's why I have Eric on the podcast. So the next movie, you know, I don't want to be skateboarding, but I could be doing something. I could be eating poutine. Do poutine. If we have a poutine-related movie in the works, yeah, I could do that. Do a buddy cop movie. I like that idea. Do you want to hear my rom-com idea? Okay. So my rom-com idea is, we're going on a tangent, but it's my podcast. I can do whatever exactly. I want. Yeah. Um, so you know how there's, all, there's ones like Labor Day, Valentine's Day. They're all named after days. Tax Day. So you have an accountant, like a kind of a maybe an uptight accountant, and then someone that needs help on their taxes last second, and they have to come to this person, um, and then there's another evil accountant in there maybe. Haven't fully formed the plot. Be more of a horror movie, I think. Uh, It's it's a (laughs) rom-com. Through math. Um, I don't really have the plot details. I more have the, uh, the tagline, which is on April 15th, the only thing they won't write off. 
is love. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you hit it. That could still be a horror movie though. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, okay. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Quentin's listening. Maybe he'll want to rework the script. Yeah. And get something you new. Know. You know, who knows? <laughs> Um, but if anyone's listening, please don't steal that. I really, that is really my million dollar idea. <laughs> it's my only, it's my one idea. So please do not take that. Um, you know, any other projects you're working on then upcoming or especially with, with people at the little? Yeah. You know, at the little, we've been doing a lot of, uh, commercial work. Uh, our hope is to do a few more of those. Um, maybe not Charlie Chaplin related, but other genres and yeah, a couple more commercials, should be up in the near future especially around the holidays uh, yeah sounds good um now anything else you can tell us about your upcoming film adam imitating art again uh saturday november 21st six o'clock at the little theater you know anything else that people should know uh before they're going to see this um a lot of people really just dedicated their time and effort to put together something uh with very little to no budget and i don't know i just find that really um, inspiring, especially because a lot of people may have read the script or looked at the project and said, like, is this even possible or don't do it or think of something else. But then because we have done it, this sounds very repetitive, but in succeeding in making the film, it's already had some success, whether going to London or having the premiere now. So I think it was a good choice. that Everyone just kind of committed to it and didn't listen to any outside forces mm-hmm. or anything like that. Okay. And I think the fact that even that it was selected at a film festival in England, I mean, that alone is so cool. This is the first time you could watch it in the United States. I mean, yeah. This is a big deal. This is awesome. It was filmed here in Rochester. Local talent that is probably going to go on to do bigger things. Um, you know, it's just it's an awesome thing. Um, now, someone there is a chance that someone could be listening to this and like, oh, it's after no- November 21st. I would have loved to have seen that, but, you know, I'm listening to this later. Um, from what I understand, this will be online later, um, and I could post a link to where it could be on uh, on our uh, podcast uh, webpage. But is there anywhere you can tell us right now where you where it might be posted? Unfortunately, I don't know exactly where they're going to post it, but I think after they attempt to do all the festival runs and see if the submissions come back, if they got in, um, after that, they'll put it online at some point, and we'll definitely let you know as soon as okay. that happens. So yeah, if you guys miss it, you will. don't worry, you will get a chance to see. But if you're listening and it's not yet November 21st, you should seriously consider coming out seeing it. It's 22 minutes. Uh, there'll be a little introduction from some of the filmmakers. I don't know if you're saying anything. Is it going to be Bree and... Uh, and Chris saying stuff or yeah we'll see uh, I think we're all like kind of going no you say something no you say something and it's like I'm going to hide in the belly maybe they'll be singing or chanting in unison exactly I don't know a dog on a tricycle (laughs) (laughs) All right, and from now uh, you can go to thelittle.org for more information Uh, Adam imitating art Uh, again we have our Mondo movies uh, and next December we have our kind of holiday themed Mondo movies Um, there are some really good ones um, so you should definitely check those out uh, so this is your chance. Anything last things you guys want to say into the microphone before we go here? Do you want to declare your love to long lost suitor or <laughs> say hi to your parents? Anything? I'm going to ask the director and producer of Adam Imitating Art, which is Chris and <laughs> Bree, if they'd be willing to adopt me um, and I can live with them. Ooh. If they want a 26-year-old kid living in their house. <laughs> I will do that. That is a sitcom plot. <laughs> yes. I have my second idea after tax day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a reality show with that. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? Um, 
I'll thank my apartment mates for having Quentin Tarantino movie marathons with me. Oh, see, they weren't fam- famous enough to get on. I apologize. I Maybe we'll have we can't all make it. <laughs> um, you do owe me a slice of Mia's pizza now. Of course. You owe me some little popcorn. And <laughs> that's how I get, I get paid off to, to, be, to have people on the podcast. That's just how it works. <laughs> I can hook you up. <laughs> all right. So thanks again to my guest today, Eric Myra, Liza Taney. You guys rock, obviously. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, too. Uh, you can find more information at thelittle.org. Of course, we're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the Little Popcorn is on there, um, at underscore Little Popcorn. You should follow it because it's delicious and kind of has some good popcorn puns. It has a real personality, so you should give it a follow. Uh, Movies in a Microphone is brought to you by The Little Theater and WXXI. And remember, it's always a good time to take a little break. <laughs>